Hello, friends, and welcome to the most glorious of events, the Movie Mavericks Podcast. This outstanding program is hosted by two fine gentlemen, Jason and Trevor. Now make it so. MovieMavericks.com Hey now, everybody. Welcome to episode 385 of the Movie Mavericks Podcast. I'm Trevor Anderson. Send you over to Jason Rugard. He's got a rundown for us. On tonight's episode, we'll be talking about Adam Driver's latest science fiction film, 65, as well as The Cocaine Bear, the infamous Cocaine Bear, and the horror film that was getting a lot of attention in October called Terrifier 2. You may have heard of that. We'll discuss that in detail, along with Knock at the Cabin Door, the latest from M. Night. Trailers as well as a big trailer dropped today. We'll be talking about The Flash, the new trailer for that, featuring a ton of Michael Keaton's Batman. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Also going to be talking about FUBAR, Arnold Schwarzenegger's glorious return, even though it's a television series on Netflix. Yeah, I can't wait to get your thoughts on that because I know you're a big Schwarzenegger guy and I'm a big fan (laughs) as well. Lots right. of stuff to get into tonight. If you haven't done so yet, please rate, review, like, subscribe, whatever platform you're listening to this on. We want to thank you guys, but please rate the show, pass it along, share it, whatever you can do to help out. We really appreciate it. But first, as always, let's do a little trivia. Trevor, you got it uh, queued All up right, over there? Let's do some trivia. We got, what is the name of the 1996 documentary with which Al Pacino made his directorial debut? Shakespeare in the Richard. Park. Yes, it is. But that's, you didn't even let me do it. Sorry. That was a yes. So now we have to do okay, another one. Okay, let's do one. another one. Yeah. <laughs> that was too easy, apparently. Uh, Sydney Dean and Billy Hoyle are basketball hustlers and white men can't jump. Billy has a girlfriend, Gloria, and Sydney is married. What is the name of Sydney's wife? Oh, that's a good one. Wanda, Tyra, Chalice, or Rhonda? Is that a trick? I want to say Wanda for some reason, but now I want to say I want to Rhonda. Say Tyra. You want to say Tyra? I think it's Tyra. They're also familiar, except for Ch- Chalice. Yeah, that one I know it's not. So it's probably. That I'm gonna one. go with Tyra. You think Tyra? That's pretty close. Let's see. No, it was Rhonda. Mm. I thought they tried to fuck me up with Wanda and Rhonda. That's a super specific trivia question. I know question. that's a <laughs> that's a rough one, right? That's that's. Let's, do, let's do another one. I, I need to get a, a, a redemption shot. Well, you had one. You 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 nailed the first one without even uh, I didn't even have to read the things. I know. I thought I was gonna slide oh through this. God. I thought Billy Hoyle. I know where that name comes from. That's White Men Can't Jump. I thought what movie was it gonna be from? Not what was the fucking what was the co-star <laughs> wife's name. <laughs> All right. The Berlin International Film Festival was first established in 1951. What is the name of the top honor bestowed upon a film at this festival? Golden Bear, Golden Lion, Golden Goose, or Golden Eagle? The Golden Bear. That's what I would think. Yes. I thought it was the Golden, I thought it was the golden Tiger, to be honest with you. That's what I was thinking in my head. Hmm. No. I, mean, I think Bear sounded the most correct. Ben Gazzara plays an American pimp in Singapore in this flick. Trick Baby, Dollars and Cents, St. Jack, or The Mac? Huh? <laughs> I don't it know. Was, it's, one of the, it's one of the first two. I, I can't. Give me the name again. You think it's Trick Baby or Dollars and Cents? Hmm. I want to say it's Dollars and Cents. I know. I think it's a Casavetti's film. I feel like that is. I was going to say that too after I heard that second time. Let's see. No. Wow. It was The Killing. 
Oh, not the killing. Excuse me. St. Jack. I'm reading a different answer for a different question. St. Jack. Fuck. Well, now I don't know. What, what is St. Jack? You have to look St. Jack up. I know. I'm about to. I might be interested in watching St. Jack. Jack based on that plot de- description you gave me there. <laughs> Let's see what this is. How old of a movie is this? Probably like early 70s, uh, I'd say. 79. Huh? Uh, Peter Bogdanovich. All right, interesting. Oh, wow. Jack Flowers, an American hustler in the early 1970s, Singapore dreams of building a fortune by running a brothel and returning to the States to live a life of luxury. Uh, okay. Bogdanovich was going through a real odd phase during this time. Uh, it's got George Lazenby in it. Does that mean anything? No. Be a question is what it means, basically. What was one of the only films starring George Lazenby? <laughs> that and The Man from Hong Kong. <clears throat> All right, well, we did okay. We split the difference. We went two for four on this. Not not a bad showing. I'll take that. They're, they're difficult, you know. They're oddly specific, some of them. Those were difficult tonight. I'm fairly good at trivia of any film post-late 70s to, you know, yeah. current time. But before that, it's start, Even in, like into the golden era stuff, I don't necessarily know. I know, like, the first one, like, the first, you know, movie to win the Oscar, the Sound for Sound movie to win the Oscar, like, yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, like, you know, 40s to the 60s even is, I don't watch a lot of those movies. I watch some yeah. of those movies. I don't watch a lot of those movies. I'm trying to watch more 70s movies lately, just because yeah. they're just real movies at this point. I hate to say that, but it's about character and in-camera tricks and things like that. So I'm just kind of appreciating the ingenuity mm-hmm. of 70s films right now. All right, let's talk about our movies on tonight's show because we have a whole bunch of them to talk about. And the first is, you just got out of the theater tonight, fresh out of a screening of 65, Adam Driver's film that uh, was about dinosaur hunting. What's going on with this movie? I kind of wanted to see it. this movie takes place someplace, which I'm not going to tell you because I guess it's supposed to be a secret. I don't know. It's a reveal at the beginning of the movie. It's not surprising, I guess. There's dinosaurs in it. So who had dinosaurs? It's called 65. What do you think that's a reference to? 65 million um, years ago? No, actually, I think it's a reference to it's 65 million times better than the last Jurassic World because it fucking is. Yeah, the last Jurassic World's a joke, though. So let's let's be honest about that. This is a B movie. It does things with the storyline that I don't like. That It's just a modern thing. There's this whole setup for this character that I, I feel is just completely unnecessary. We should have just gotten right into the action from the get-go, but we didn't. And they tried to make it psychological in some way you know like they try to add substance to it and they, they, they didn't need it when this movie is at its best it's just visceral survival dinosaurs trying to get people and those kind of emotions running high and it's that stuff is good in this i really liked it there was a jump scare that totally got me so yeah i enjoyed the shit out of this movie uh when it wasn't trying to tell me you know the life story of this guy who i i didn't care it sounds like it's almost a mixture of uh, the old movies that we grew up like Deep Star Six, this Leviathan, feels like a 90s things like that. Movie. It feels like a 90s movie, yeah. And a 90s B movie. Well, so I bet I, you to yeah, even so get I enjoyed Adam that Driver. I, I bet mm-hmm. you part of Adam Driver's contract was to have some sort of character development and further, you, you know what I mean, to really work on his character. So that's probably the stuff he's he didn't actor, like. He's so. Oh, he's, yeah. They're, both of the uh, actors are good in this. But I'll tell you one thing. This is a movie that, that feels stupid. And it feels like, like it, it set the setups are a bit on point. You're like, oh, I see where this is going. And in fact, you can call the majority of the movie, but it will suddenly decide 
setting you up for like this is just a, a classic bullshit story and then we'll make a completely out of like not out of left field but it will just make the, a different decision. It, it shows you the path that you're on. You're like, okay, I know where I'm going. And then you somehow you arrive at a different destination, you know, something like that. Like it just makes a choice storytelling wise. You're just like, Oh, interesting. Like, why didn't we, why aren't we doing this more often? Why are we building up so much to a point where we start making interesting choices? It almost feels like, I don't know, perhaps it's trying to be too sly, you know, it's trying to set you up to, to, to lull you into thinking, you know, what's going to happen. And then it does something else. It looked to me like this was going to be something like Lockup, not Lockup. What was the Lockout that guy yeah. first movie from a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. Kind of a low key sci fi actioner. That was a great a movie. Programmer. Uh, that was a fun little movie, even that's basically a outer space ripoff of Escape from New York. But this looked like it had the potential to either be something as good as Annihilation or as interesting as that, kind of as thought provoking uh, as that, or as pathetic I as hated Monster Hunter. So. <laughs> well, what about Monster <laughs> Thank Hunter? Thank God. Again, the Monster Hunter's dog shit. If you like those movies, that's fun. I understand why you like them. I probably like them for why people, or I, I probably don't like them for why people do like them. Actually, I know that's true. So th- those, these are like things that either pique your interest or don't, I guess, in some way. And and for a movie like this or like any of those, we, we, I don't know. There's a point where I want, I expect a certain type of movie. Like I want a certain type of narrative, certain thought process. And in a movie like this with the survival dinosaurs, I want to be, I want to be a part of this crew. Actually, in reality, I want to see myself in this main character going through this stuff, looking around, trying to, I'm, you know, I'm looking for dinosaurs in the back and looking for shit that's going to get me. I'm doing all this stuff. Like I'm totally into this movie, into this moment. Um, that's what I exactly what I want from something like this. I don't want to stop and talk about some fictional characters elsewhere, some shit that happened to them. I don't care. <laughs> There's fucking dinosaurs <laughs> that are trying to eat you. <laughs> it sounds like it's the template of aliens with the space commandos or the space marines fighting the aliens Except, and having to look at the corners of the frames and i would say this is true you're right this like i actually thought about this uh, when i was watching this it was like modern movies ruin things by trying to build up a, a storyline a lore behind these characters it just isn't necessary and we didn't get that in the olden days we just got fucking characters and in the moment whatever they did how they reacted what they said that's what the character was that's how you built them up in this movie, it tries to set them up beforehand, gives them something uh, to live or die for, right? For whatever reason. I, like, it just, you don't need that. So are you recommending um, it to me or are you telling me not to watch this piece of shit? Well, I would recommend it, but just be aware that there's story elements in here that are a little boring and underwhelming. But when it gets into the action, uh, I, I loved the movie when it did that. And so I would say by the end of the movie, <laughs> even though it's obvious and you know that there's as the movie begins winding down, you're like, Oh wait, there's one more showdown clearly. And I liked it. It, um, it didn't understay its welcome. It didn't overstay its welcome as far as a big, you know, third act finale straight, just a lot of action. I mean, the dude, he shoots the shit out of a fucking T-Rex. Like, let's be honest. Who doesn't want to do that? Right. Who's like, it's, it's kind of badass. I don't know. It was awesome. Yeah. I, so I, I love Jurassic park. Uh, I love dinosaurs. This is a big, big movie with dinosaurs, big budget as far as special effects and stuff goes. So for me, it, it was a, it's a good watch. I enjoyed it. A mild recommendation, you'd say? That's fair? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things. Uh, I can't. I, I don't know. It sounds you know, like an enthusiastic not a perfect, recommendation. It's not a perfect movie. And so when I talk about the parts I hate, I hate the fucking movie. And when I talk about the parts that I love, I love the fucking movie. You know, it's it's one of those. I will probably wind up owning this on 4K. 
because I, I would watch this again even if i had to skip over the boring parts i would watch the dinosaur stuff again i thought it was really well directed uh, for that type of stuff it's suspense building there's a lot of like uh, the camera works really great there's a lot of use of darkness and uh, and what's coming up at him and stuff and like i say there's some pretty good jump scares in this that i didn't expect because the movie continues to make you think you know what's going to happen and then kind of does something a little a little different than what you would think watch the movie i i, I recommend it i, I guess I'll okay just, i'll just say i recommend it flat out and said then, it. I'm and then glad. you tell me your thoughts on it <laughs> absolutely will because uh, if, if you're going to buy this i'm sure it's going to be on our uh, shared voodoo account so i will definitely watch <laughs> this at some point because uh, I, I did want to see this but it kind of came and went a little bit faster than i would have expected um, but it did solid business for what it is, I should say, or solid modest. I can tell why. It's, it's clearly a B movie. Nothing Not wrong gay. with that, though. Clearly a B movie. Yeah, again, nothing wrong with that, but that's what it is. All right, let's talk about our next film, which is essentially another B movie, and that is the surprise hit of a couple months ago, Cocaine Bear, which is currently streaming on the Peacock service if you're out there and interested in watching this. I didn't really know what to expect from this because I, I had an idea of the actual story. This movie is nothing really about the actual story. This is a funnier die sketch that is expanded <laughs> to 90 minutes. It. I got to be honest, I really found myself enjoying this movie much to my surprise because I didn't think that this had much to offer for me and there's a low bar that's been set by Snakes on a Plane and Sharknado which is this is clearly a cut above and I thought that this was the funniest comedy I've seen in a long time. I actually appreciated the playful tone and the purposely bad CGI and the film's brief running time. It had a good soundtrack and it reminded me of an old Larry Cohen flick. Basket Case or Q or something like that and I just didn't expect this much humor and the way that the narrative was structured with the four different groups that were moving towards this uh, gazebo or this this bear and trying to find these people and uh, some of the characters they all didn't work for me but jesse tyler ferguson's character really worked for me i really liked bob the the detective who had that love-hate relationship with his dog the one punk who was with the uh, ice cube son in his storyline i just thought it was well cast <laughs> I thought it was it was well made for what it is, and I don't know as a throwaway little movie. I the best compliment I can pay for this, like you paid for sixty five, is that I would watch this again. Look, the movie was fine. Uh, I'm I'm not going to pull this movie down, but I will not. I don't have a reason to watch this again. I didn't think it was that funny, and the directing is horrendous in this. I mean, talk about uh, talk about just missed opportunity as far as directing goes. But it's an interesting enough movie. Uh, but I don't think this won't be, this is a fake cultural phenomenon. This will not last or stand the test of time. I just don't, don't see it doing that much like the tiger King has already come and gone. That's kind of, and this will be this less than that. I think it missed the mark. I, I wish that Elizabeth Banks had made this because she actually gave a shit about it. Not that she had an ax to grind and it probably would have been better. The, her direction for uh, the Charlie's angels movie is five times better than the direction in this. And I don't like that movie. And I like this movie, so I, I just feel like that's a problem in general with perhaps her going forward. I don't know. I, I don't want more you, lackluster shit that people just kind of like because it's, it's okay and it's kind of, it's different. It's a little weird. Like this could have gone completely different had this script not been very interesting or the actors not 
been uh, very engaging. Hey, you got to give her credit as a director. She cast this movie with actors that pulled off. Each role is done very well for what it is. It's nice to see Carrie Russell back in something. Like I said, Jesse Tyler yeah, Ferguson there's, is there's good. There's more to directing, though, than just directing actors, you know, and I don't. I've never particularly liked directors that just do that. Actors can damn near direct themselves at that point. Like you, you need to be directing camera act. You, the whole thing is is under your purview, and you need to be doing all that. And it feels like she just wasn't uh, all present here in this one. Uh, well, the script I think that is is a such a cut above what I was expecting from the humorous side. I really liked uh, these scenes here. I, I was a little disappointed what? that Ray Liotta basically has an extended cameo. I was hoping to see a little bit more of him, especially in his last. Well, that role, was the but... whole movie, though. Most most everyone, like you say, there's there's four stories in this. There's several stories, so the movie kind of feels like a. It's episodic. Uh, it's episodic. I mean, it doesn't have a plot. The movie has no plot. Let's be honest, um, which is fine because when you think about what it's based on. I don't know, it's probably about as good as you're going to get, right? That's why um, I was but, but amazed over, it held its energy for as long what, as it did. What's like the funniest moment in the movie? It was just lines and delivery of lines. Okay. I, I really, I, I thought the the standoff with the cop on top of the gazebo and the three criminals at the bottom was was humorous. I just a lot of the delivery of the lines, um, especially so it when wasn't necessarily like moments as or uh, scenes as much as it was just uh, particular moments. Yes, and it really a lot of that had to do with performance in the delivery of such moments. I thought the kid that mm-hmm. played Han Solo really did a good job here. I can't think of the, the actor's <laughs> name, um, but you know who I'm talking about. Uh, I thought he did good. Uh, the kids who played the punk, you know, I'm he's sorry. he's fantastic. It's one note, obviously, and it plays that note over and over and over, but it didn't get sure. old to me like I thought it would. In the, I think the first act is very... Well done, uh, especially with that mm-hmm. odd moment with the kids stumbling upon the coke and what they're going to do there and how far right. is this movie willing to push things. And let's let's be honest, there's a couple of moments here that sh- made me shock laugh when the lady accidentally shoots the guy in the head trying to shoot the bear at the door. Mm-hmm. I thought that and there's some moments of bloodletting that are a little bit more gory than I thought we were going to get here. Overall, the, the movie just was a, a, just a surprise to me. And sometimes... I can appreciate what they were going for, and I think that they nailed uh, exactly what they were going for. As opposed to her uninspired direction, it could have been made by anybody. I'll, I'll say that it didn't feel like it was made 100%, by man, no woman, fingerprints on this, auteur or not. Yeah, it's it's just it just it's there. It's just shot. I mean, but, but that's my complaint about this. There's there's a part where Jackson Jr. there is the bears coming up. The part where the the standoff at the at the gazebo. Mm-hmm. And there's the wall between separating him and the bear. It is shot so fucking poorly. And that would be a suspenseful moment that would be easy to shoot. And she, sh- she shoots it straight down the wall. It's fucking weird. It's, like, it's almost hard to like imagine or see the space of like what's happening. It's just there's so much of that in the whole movie. It's just like, God. It made me laugh more times than I would expect for this movie to do, especially, like I said, after seeing all those Sharknado movies and uh, Snakes on a Plane and all these Don't other internet know? phenomenon movies. Yeah, and those were a little bit more phenomenon, but I mean, those are have come and gone. We don't have comedy phenomenons and these, these types of things don't do this you know what does is like your austin powers your talladega nights these are movies with some amount of staying power but these weird like comedies like this just don't i'm surprised this movie hit the zeitgeist like it did even if it was just for a, a blip on the screen it did score because there's nothing like you say it, it is a weird movie right where it does it goes where you don't think something will go 
at least. Yeah, you know, it's not like I, I didn't like the movie. I watched it. I was like, this is fine for a watch. This is perfectly. I understand why people watch this, but I just don't think this is like this isn't something in five years, ten years. I'm gonna give a shit about. I think I would rewatch it just to see if uh, maybe <laughs> it hit me on the right moment on a, on like a nice it, day, yeah. and it just it happened sure. to tickle me. But I did enjoy it for my first time, so I would recommend the Cocaine Bear. Uh, it sounds like you enjoyed it, but the you're not necessarily recommending it. Recommending it, correct? Yeah, you know, I mean, if for anyone that really did like it. You can go watch Cocaine Cougar. It's the new Dustin Ferguson movie. You're going to love it, I'm sure. All right, well, speaking of scary movies, we are going to talk now about Terrifier 2. If you don't know, now you know. Famous words from Biggie Smalls. <laughs> had to throw that in there. <laughs> but Terrifier 2 was making quite a stir as this little independent film that could, a horror movie that was independently financed, given a theatrical distribution on a few screens and was building week to week and eventually grossed over $10 million on the theatrical distribution model and is now on Amazon Prime for you to watch if you'd like. It's a two and a half hour horror epic. Would you say that that's kind of fair to say? <laughs> I mean, it's it's a massive The running film. time is unfortunate. I'll, I'll say that about it. You know, um, It's not quite two and a half hours, but it is over two hours and that is it's a bit lengthy for that. It's a sizable movie. And I got to be honest, I'm not coming into this totally, you know, I'm not the horror fam that you are. Did you see the first are. one? I did. That's what I was going to say. Okay. I saw the first one okay. years ago. So I do have some familiarity with this concept and this character. So this to me, in a sense, almost reminded me, and this is going to be a stretch, but of something like uh, Terminator 2 in that it really expanded and is a much bigger movie with much bigger ambitions than the really low budget and nitty first one uh, even the Giver 2 would be another uh, kind of a step up in this kind of world but regardless I I liked this movie more than I thought I would and it's not the puke fest that everybody said it would I think that the early word on this that it was so gruesome and you couldn't stomach it was just to build hype and publicity and, and get people's attention and right. I actually think that this movie has a lot in common, and maybe it's because I've watched these recently, but I've had a lot in common with Nightmare on Elm Street series. I got a lot of that vibe in these movies, and I think that this is actually, to me, more That's enjoyable. Than, why? You, you didn't feel that Why at do all? you think that? Um, I, I guess. I mean, there is a dream thing, uh, a portion to this. Um, he is a bad, a, a correct you know, villain, in my mind, as far as like horror villains would go. I'm just wondering if there was something specific. Yeah, because he's going after the younger children. They're being the adults necessarily can't see what's going on. They're trying to explain themselves. Mm. None of the adults. They're all the you know, the adults are the non-believers. Yeah, the other teenagers and the kids at school are kind of sensing things, but it's happening to a very few. It's happening. He's getting revenge. Maybe it's because I've watched a couple Freddy movies recently that I saw some similarities. No, and, I mean you're you're selling this movie to me all over again. <laughs> and I think that's why I was enjoying it because I, I thought, oh, okay, I see where the influence is coming from and the soundtrack is is very 80s and the girl you know kind of has this special talent and that's usually you know and i watched a freddy movie recently sure. where the girl's paper macheing the she's house the chosen and, one exactly and he is i have to say art the clown is the most memorable screen horror icon since Ghostface. maybe the scream killer i, I and, agree yes he's a proper uh villain in a, as far as a horror movie since um goes i have not seen a convincing uh, uh, villain like this, you know, and I, so this is something that this is a real, a true horror franchise is going to live on, I think, for a little bit, just like the old ones. Jason, Freddy, I mean, you name him, Michael Myers, Cenobites, you know. And the director, Damien, 
Damien Leone, uh, mm-hmm. he's very, very talented. You can see that here. He doesn't have a whole lot of at his disposal, but he has some access to really well done special effects. And they have millions of dollars. Absolutely. <laughs> but at the same time, they didn't have a studio behind it. And I think that gave it the freedom to really be this ambitious, audacious horror sequel that nobody was asking I mean, for. But it might be the best horror film I've seen in quite some time in terms of pure horror and not um, supernatural uh-huh. or anything like that. Slasher, I should say. Thank you. I recommend it. I, I recommend it as well. I loved the uh, the horror aspects of it, as you say. Um, the building was quite nice. I thought there's a lot of suspenseful moments in it when she first sees him in the shop, the Halloween shop, for instance. That, I thought that was pretty suspenseful and kind of scary. to me I was like, in the mm. entire movie, yeah, to be honest with that you. That was pretty freaky as shit. And so there's a lot of that, I think, in the movie that builds up to it before you get to the the gross-out horror stuff. And I, I think Art the Clown is actually kind of funny which is the the other thing of this where things get so grotesque and stuff in this movie and he's still being a clown. He's like, Ooh, and it's, it's almost, it's just so surreal. It's kind of funny. It's Freddy Krueger like great in it. In that sense, it is as well. I don't know. I felt like the dream stuff at the end is just too weird. And I didn't understand it actually. I, I don't like, I don't get it at all. They lose um, the plot here. The narrative goes off the rails oh, here. It, uh, I just don't even think it makes sense. I don't even like physically or I, just, I don't even understand really what happened in that sequence. Like the brothers getting they're, like they're saved at one point and then they're not saved. And then she's like, you know, in Houdini's underwater cage thing. And they're like the brothers being eaten by Arthur. Cl- ah, it's fucking weird, right? Uh, I mean, it's just it's weird. And then she comes back with the sword and everything. I had wished that. With the lore that they had created with this, with the father going crazy, but knowing about Art the Clown and bestowing upon her special powers, including the the sword, you know, the weapon in which mm-hmm. that would kill Art the Clown, this essentially undefeatable demon, right? That no one can kill. I wish that they had explained that a little bit more and had gone further with that because they kind of just, at the end of the movie, they just kind of shrug, throw up their hands and go, we don't fucking know. Is that open-ended so they can do whatever they want in the third one? Or was that sequences that they had to cut out to even get it down to 220, 225, which is its current running time? Maybe. And I do, I hope that they, uh, we get more of the little pale girl in the uh, third one because she is creepy as shit. Absolutely. And the actor who plays Art the Clown, I mean, this is a, a silent film performance that is really well done. Yeah, I mean, this is, is not easy mm-hmm. to do. He is very, very good, very expressive. The sequence that you talked about in the Halloween costume shop, I think, is the best sequence in the entire movie. The way that the, he drops the purse on the counter and when the, the store's clerk tells him, you know, you got to put thing, that in your she's mouth. She's walk past him to get out of that little room when she first sees him. They're, they're unsure or she's unsure anyways if that's even him or if it's someone fucking around as him. It works on a lot of levels. Pretty good, yeah. And the movie is not for all tastes. You must say that. So you know what you're getting if you're going to watch a movie called that's Terrifier gory, 2. So. And this is top notch of what this kind of movie is. And uh, I'm, I'm not surprised it got the level of success it did. I do think that if they do another one, tighten up the story a little bit. I think they and, will. Uh, yeah, make the lore make more sense, right? Make Art the Clown solidify that um, exactly what he is, who he is, how he came to be, how you defeat him. Do do all that stuff. Solidify that so that I know the rules to these to this game because I still don't know the rules. Like I say, the end of the movie almost makes no sense. I don't really know what they accomplished, what she did, what did she find out, what did she overcome, what did she figure out she had to do in order to defeat him. I like I don't know 
the rules. I don't know how to, what do you do? Like you always know the rules for any of the, the bad the guys, even if it's, um, yeah, even if it's like Michael Myers, who basically there kind of is no rules, but you can just out muscle them. Right. Well, this guy has the strength of Michael Myers and the humor of Freddy Krueger. Seemingly, but I mean, sometimes not. I, when he gets killed at the end of this movie, he doesn't seem to have any strength at all. I don't. But then again, when he does that, and then of course the movie doesn't just end there. He's not just dead. People don't know. But there's that little wink, wink, nod, nod, insane scene at the end of the fucking movie. It, can he even be killed? Does, did he let her kill him? That's my question there. Well, do you recommend this movie? Would you watch it again? Yes, I would watch both Terrifier movies again. I would definitely watch a third one. And I would—I don't own any of them, but I would love to own like a box set of these at some point. I think they should keep making more of these. If they're going to be this good and this interesting, I'm down for another horror icon that I can add to my list of, you, you know, horror movies that w- with one horror bad guy that you like to watch. It reminded me of what we used to call a Friday night sleepover movie. You know, something you get from the video store and totally. try to... You know, you'd watch with your friends, and this would have had high repeatability if this had been a VHS release in, say, 1988. There were uh, teenage girls that used to come into the blockbuster I worked at all the time, and they would do horror nights, and they would constantly looking for new horror movies and stuff. And I would tell them, watch these Terrifier movies. I mean, obviously, I didn't tell them that because they didn't exist back then, but... Um, I'm sure they would have uh, been insane with these. Like that was exactly what have been what I would have, or was watching really as a teenager. These were uh, back in our day, you know, you used to get the VHS tapes that would be passed around um, with just a bunch of shit on them. I could imagine a friend having this taped off of Showtime, let's say, with some bad tracking on it. Yeah. You know, I easily could have seen in loving every frame of this. And whoever mm-hmm. is doing the special effects here, these uh, bloodletting effects and throats being slit and all sorts of stuff, it's the best work of these this kind fun. since Tom Savini's work. It really is. I agree. This is like someone, these are people who love what they do. And I I think it's fun. It, It's just fun. Like it's not ultra realistic, but it is way past like any level of natural gore, which to me is fun. I don't know. It's, it's fun to see. I don't know about you, but when you watch special effects like this, especially practical stuff, isn't it kind of interesting to see what someone came up with, what they were able to do with their hands? It feels lived in this world, and it feels lovingly crafted, doesn't it? That's the difference between something like this and a studio-driven horror film like, let's say, Scream 6. Yes, which is all, like, the Scream movies, you know, God bless them, but they're all slick, and, and, and those are always, and I still think, more about the actors and those characters not even about Ghostface, but they're about the, the other characters, you know, and obviously about the big reveal of who's killing people. So those are more straight slasher type things. But every, almost every other horror thing has kind of melded in, or changed into would be more visceral horror, I guess. Like even those, those last Halloween movies were uh, more violent than probably a Scream movie. The gore in this that everybody was, was complaining about, I think, was a lot of PR. <laughs> Yeah, this is no worse than the first one, um, which everyone was saying, oh, this is way worse than the first one. Have you seen the first one? I mean, no, this was on par with, they had some more uh, money for sure. So there's more of it. It's probably, there's probably more of it in general on the screen, but there's no more worse than what they did in the first one in general. And no worse than some sequences of Cocaine Bear. And that's true too. As far as the the bear goes, yeah, mauling and people being shot heads exploding (laughs) yes exactly what i'm talking about (laughs) 
Okay, <laughs> let's move on and talk about M. Night Shyamalan's. I, can, I mean, the guy's been making movies for like 25 years. I still can't say his fucking last name. You know him as M. Night. I'll call him M. Night from now on. He returned with Knock at the Cabin Door, starring Dave Bautista, based on a book this time. Didn't write this originally, but um, has adapted this. And this, to me, is another disappointing entry in the long, disappointing right. career of M. Night. I mean, uh, this movie plays well for about 25 minutes. And then when you it it shows its hand early, uh, which is the nice thing, because it doesn't wait till the entire end to show Does its it, hand. Does it, though, show its hand early? Isn't this a movie? I, my, my main gripe about this movie is this is a movie that says, uh, okay, this is what's happening. Oh, no, wait. It, but is it what's happening? Oh no, no, this is what's happening. Oh no, but is it? Is it? Are you sure? No, because it is. But no, but is it? It, it just the- constantly over and over and over again. It just keeps doing that. It's so fucking annoying. Don't you think though it only gets away with doing that because of our previous knowledge of how M Night's movies work and that they are bait and switches and clusterfucks? No, and- it gets away with it because it because expl- it does it explicitly and then it explains to you how shitty of a job it did. At showing you that it was that this is what you're watching, then the the characters it's easy enough for them to go, oh, well, this is all bullshit, and you go, well, yeah, it could be for all I know, because that's they just explained what happened, and it could be bullshit, and they're like, well, a little bit more happens, and like, well, that could also be bullshit because of the way it was shown to you. And you're like, well, yeah, I'm watching the movie, and you're right, that could all be bullshit. So I, like, who crafts a movie like this? Uh, who crafts bo- a movie that? That could be totally bullshit and then has the movie be like, you know what? I'm going to call myself on my own bullshit I just showed you. Is it real or not? I don't know. You don't know? Because I'm the movie and I don't fucking know. Like, what? <laughs> well, it's odd here that it's a, it's not an original work because it's so suited to M. Night sensibilities in a narrative sense because of that trickery and all that kind of shit. So 100%. I was kind of, kind of surprised about that. And it's a small movie with an intriguing concept, but in typical M. Night fashion, it's literally all sizzle and no steak here. And then when you find out the reveals of it, is it all just not is it's for not? I mean, it's all for not. Is how I should say that. I thought this was one of the biggest time wasters, even on the level of old, which I really disliked. <laughs> I put this up there. It yeah. does have a decent performance by Dave Bautista, who's very creepy in his uh, subdued delivery. But the true scene mm-hmm. stealer is that kid from Harry Potter, the redheaded guy. I mean, I think he's he is fantastic. It. I know, but I think he's the entire reason to watch the movie. <laughs> I would have watched he's barely- him. In this movie solely, I didn't think he was that. Well, I mean, I know, I know what you, I get what you're you're saying, but I just he was just so in it for so less. He was just kind of there. Um, I don't know. I, I, Batista, I agree, had that calming, like room filling effect, but I don't ultimately don't know what it got his character or anybody else. And why his? I mean, the revelation that they knew his character from the past and he'd had a run in with why one did of the that guys. Matter? I don't why know, did that matter? Everything at all? matters. I. Yeah, I was just like, what? Everything happens for a reason? I, I guess, but isn't this... <laughs> what's the reason all these things are happening? Guys, this is not, like... <clears throat> it's a very inconsistent narrative, and, like, um, I don't know, man. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and I don't understand. I also don't get... <clears throat> I just don't get the religious aspect of this, either. How does this... The force, the four horsemen of the matter. apocalypse and all that kind of stuff that they were going yeah, for. Yeah, so clearly there's a Christian uh, back drop to this and it's like what who like if this is all happening and god's gonna do this why doesn't god just 
talk to you. I, there's so many questions I would have, like, cause it, it, to demand a sacrifice, um, I don't know. Someone must ask for that. Is it really going to be Dave Batista? These guys that just show up like randomly, like, I don't know. That doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Which you could say like for the, the whole, entire movie. Yes. Cause the whole existence of the movie is just to do that. It's just to yank your chain the whole time. That's the, that's the whole thing. So the only, so it's, it's crafted to be this way. That's why I just don't like it. It's just a terrible idea. You want to start the movie like this and then do a reveal and then, okay, we'll all get together and we'll, we'll go down this path together. Right. But don't fucking send me on wild goose chases for the whole damn time. I, I, I have no interest. And especially when the characters aren't even that interesting. I agree. I was bored with this movie after the first act. 35 minutes into this, I thought, I'm not, I don't give a shit where this goes. And then it continually uh, tried to surprise me, would surprise me, and then go, no, that's not what we're going to do. But is it what we're going to do? Like, you, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, know. Uh, it's it, like you said, it just, it became a, a very frustrating exercise in, in patience building. And uh, personally, I, I think I'm tapping out on M. Night movies from here on in. I think I've seen enough of them. Really? I think I've and seen I the best of his shot, career. Huh? I, I think I've seen the best of his work, and I don't think it's going to be coming in the later part of his career here. Oh, I'm watching Jordan Peele movies and M. Night Shyamalan movies till the end of time. I might as well just give in. I'm watching no matter how bad they get. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, sometimes you need a movie to show you how good something else is. And Nope becomes so much better after watching this movie. Because it's the same idea of that, I mean, I, the, I the guess, chain puller. You know, they're both know. chain pullers. I disagree. <laughs> I think it's still not a very good movie. It's better than this movie. Oh, yes. But I don't. That's no award. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, but it, it, I, I'm not surprised that this movie failed so quickly uh, after a decent opening weekend because the word on this was going to make it or break it, and it broke it real quick. And it's not surprising to see why this is suited for a direct-to-DVD delivery system. There's no reason to see this on a big screen yeah. whatsoever. Um, this is a very, very small movie. And this continues, in my opinion, that downward trajectory that M. Night has has shown. And I'm looking at his, his filmography, and outside of Split, I can't see anything that I've truly enjoyed since the early 2000s. It's, it's really kind of uh, sad as I look over this, because I used to consider yeah. myself a fan. I'm still a fan. I think he's got he's got something. I thought he had something else, did he not? Glass was a big hit. Um, Unbreakable, you know, Isn't things there like that. Something else. I think you liked was... the visit. Did you like the visit? Yeah, the visit was okay, and that one was okay. I thought there was something I saw recently that was pretty good. No, that was really. He has not made a lot in a while. It was not old because old was awful. No, it wasn't old. I I just felt like there was something in between. Um. Uh, in between the stuff. Oh, that is so interesting. After Earth, he directed After Earth. I forgot about that shit. That's basically like the dog shit version of 65. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that's interesting. I forgot about that. I mean, talk about a movie that a necessary backstory and shit. Get it over with. A Last Airbender. He had a lot um, of attempts. Uh, that yeah, that was bad, too. That all, But all after the happening, obviously. Um, everything before that is really good. Like I like Lady in the Water. I like The Village. I like The Village uh, as Signs, well. Signs, Unbreakable, obviously Sixth Sense. You know that that's a that's a good streak of uh, five movies right there. Uh, Signs is an absolute classic as well. I think maybe even yeah, forgotten exactly. today. Well, I like Lady in the Water. I think it's really good. That's underrated. It is. 
in my opinion. But um, but yeah, after that, man, I mean, Split's really good, but Glass is a step down, and Old is dog shit. Knock at the Cabin's dog shit. So, but he's got shit coming up. So, oh great, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up yet. <laughs> Let me know how the next one goes because I think I'm tapping out. Let's move on and talk about some trailers because there was a lot of trailer activity this week. CinemaCon was going on. The National Theaters Owners Association was going on and uh, a lot of stars, a lot of studios presenting their goods. And we are going to talk about some of the big releases. One was just today they dropped a new, it's kind of an announcement trailer. It's only about a minute and a half long, but it's the new Aquaman 2, The Lost Kingdom extended trailer teaser whatever you want to call it and um didn't give me much of an idea of what was going on here except for looking very very similar to avatar and black panther 2 and and these uh waterlogged epics that we're getting right now yeah what what more can i say yes exactly i don't know um do we need another aquaman movie i'm so confused about where dc is going right now aren't this isn't this shit all over like it's weird to have to be able to say like, you know, all these DC movies that you're seeing now are basically the end of this section. Like, we're we're resetting. We don't give a fuck about this shit. But here's these movies. You still want to watch them, right? Yeah, they're on the books, so you gotta you know, we gotta put them out there. But you know, and they're trying their best to know. push I, them. I know. I'm sure this Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom movie is just not going to be worth much of a damn. The first one really isn't as well hmm. i like the first one it's quite a what bit it is. Uh, i've really enjoyed the first one i know that you had your issues with it but i get a feeling that they knew that they had something wrong with this movie because they pushed it back an entire year it was supposed to come out last christmas that's and now not they, good yeah that's that's not a good <laughs> idea and instead the you know the flash will come out before it which was supposed to come out after it and there's all sorts of uh mismatch and clusterfuckery going on here and it's yeah, just a mess. I don't know. I'm just, you know, hey, look, I will celebrate Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne for as many times as they will allow it to happen. I will celebrate Michael Keaton as Batman for as many times as they will allow it to happen. So I understand. Well, well, sure. But I'm, I'm saying, I mean, that too. But specifically, I think Ben Affleck kind of got fucked, you know. <laughs> so did Henry Cavill. Did he not as Superman? He did, but he at least had a, well... I mean, you're right, but I feel like he had a stronger run as as Superman than poor Ben Affleck had as Batman. He's not been a bad Batman, but they have not given him a moment to shine. They didn't give him a standalone film to shine at all. That's what I'm saying. There's not a moment for him to shine. Um, the the Most of the movies that he's been in, he's been ancillary. He's just been extra there. And, and a lot of that stuff, even when you look at like Batman vs. Superman stuff, it's kind of like it's hokey. It's not very good. That's not his fault. And to make matters even more difficult, I had no idea I would enjoy the Batman as much as I did in Pattinson as the new Bruce Wayne slash Batman. I thought he was fine. I think that movie's still dog shit, though. I think it's fantastic and surprised the shit out of me. It's a terrible movie. It's a terrible movie in which Batman just watches people from afar like he's a fucking stalker. He's a watcher. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about The Flash because they released a new long trailer. We're already talking about Batman, the return of Ben Affleck and Michael (laughs) Keaton in this. And it looks to be the early word is that it's going to be one of the best superheroes ever, superhero movies ever made. 
just to mimic what you said a minute ago, if this is just the end of something that is not going any further, why am I to invest this time? To me, the the drawing factor here is that Keaton is back and this is going to serve as some sort of Batman 3, you know, coming 30 years after he turned down Batman Forever. So that's cool, but do do I care? And do I want to sit through a two and a half hour movie to get a few scenes of Keaton as Batman in a stunt double doing all the work? I don't know. What, do you, what are you thinking about this? I'm very torn are on this. Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm very torn on uh, this. Well, look, uh, this looks fucking awesome. And I'm a fucking super pissed that this is coming out last. Why did we wait so long for this? Why did we do all this other bullshit? This looks uh, absolutely fantastic. I like the Flashpoint stuff. I liked it when they did it. In the uh, television show, even though, as with most things on CW, it, it wound up, you know, doing itself under. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, this looks great. I think the Michael Keaton stuff's interesting. If they had done this before the, the Spider-Man stuff, um, I just come on. They could have been ahead of the curve. I don't know why they waited so long to do this. Because uh, this looks great. And I like, this movie reminds me why I like DC more than Marvel. It just does like the feel of it, the look of it. It's like, oh, this is a this is an adult world. This isn't like some hokey pokey. Ha ha ha. Uh, we're having fun. Superhero things. No, like we, we got to be superheroes. We got some emotions. We got some shit going on. You know, they feel like people in this. I really like that opening part. That monologue with Keaton is talking about losing his parents and that he couldn't save him. But this kid found a mm-hmm. way to um, that struck a chord right there. And that's when I realized how much I had invested into the Batman uh, mythology and how much I was going to enjoy oh, yeah. seeing him back on screen, even if it's just yeah. partially in, in someone else's movie. I'm really, I think this looks good. I think this will be, uh, I think this will be a surprise hit. Uh, and I think people are really going to like this. And I don't know what the fuck that means for DC. I hope it means Tim Burton comes back and does one more Michael Keaton Batman movie. That would be amazing. Yeah, that would be fantastic because that could be a standalone movie, takes place in its own universe, doesn't need any of this other shit. And it's a one-off. You know it's not going to be a a part of a trilogy. It would be a standalone story. Please, make that happen. I would love that. I want Nicolas Cage as Scarecrow, and let's go. I want Nicolas Cage as Scarecrow. Uh, uh, All right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we're already making concessions that are weakening the that film would, that would that would be weird <laughs> but okay yeah all right well let's go move on and talk about fubar which is arnold schwarzenegger's glorious return albeit to the small glorious. screen uh, I, i'm looking glorious. forward to seeing i mean the news broke today that schwarzenegger is going to team with scott waugh who's directing expendables 4 on an action film titled break breakout Um, It's going to be a theatrical release, and in the meantime, he's got this project that he filmed last year. It's finally getting its release here. It's an action comedy on Netflix, and he is uh, the CIA dad who finds out his uh, milquetoast daughter Daughter? is now a CIA Mm -hmm. operative and is just as dangerous as he ever was. Looks very... He's got to go save her. Looks interesting But does he? Or does she have to save him? Or do they have to save each other? Will they become stronger as a family unit because of it? Yeah, look, this is just... Look, there's already a True Lies television series, and this is Schwarzenegger's True Lies television series, With right? With his daughter, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It looks like fun. Um, I mean, also, it could be absolutely horrible, for all I know. Um, but it does. I, I think it looks like fun, and, and some of it made me chuckle a little bit here and there. Um, I like the dynamics between him and, and uh, the daughter, 
um, even though she's awfully tiny to be, you know, boxing full-grown men and, and destroying them, I'm sure, but whatever. He's also not 65, so. I noticed that as well when they said that <laughs> what, about his age. What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, and his daughter is played by Monica Barbar. Barbero. Barbaro? Yeah, who was Bar- uh, in Top Gun last summer. If that's where she looked familiar mm-hmm. to you, he may have recognized her. Yeah, she's her. great. And she's I good mean, in this. She's good in, she looks good in this, yeah, in the trailer at least. As I said, they have a good repertoire and stuff, and I like the, you know, I, I do like uh, Fortune uh, Feimster, whatever her name is, you know, Adam Pally's in this. Um, uh, it's got a, a decent, like, cast and stuff uh, as far as uh, the CIA team uh, and whatnot, so could be good I, I just i don't know you have to worry about the comedy in something like this a little bit falling flat like if it's too family friendly right it's gonna get old that's what i was thinking when i was watching this is that it's interesting that both schwarzenegger and stallone now are working in the television median but it's a totally different type of project that Schwarzenegger's involved with because stallone's project is very dramatic i mean you've adult. seen it yeah it's it's an adult world and it's got real consequences it's an adult movie. Mm-hmm. It, this doesn't this like feels more con- family it, it, this feels more fantastical uh it's it's a escape yes <clears throat> but that would be a difference uh well i, mean, I suppose a difference between netflix and and paramount plus but really uh, like a sheridan is just not going to make something um that's not somehow grounded in reality you know or in some I don't know how you would say it. You know, masculinity I guess would be the word I would use. But this feels like it has that masculine side to it. Like Schwarzenegger's definitely like I like the the part at the end where she's like, "Do you think I'm a virgin?" He's like, "Let me think what I think." <laughs> yeah, I liked it too. <laughs> and that's the so, kind of stuff that yeah. he plays well, you know. And, and watching these guys uh, play these roles, but the CBS show of True Lies that's on right now is unwatchable and I'm sure it'd be canceled very shortly here. I haven't even tried it. It looks terrible. Yeah. This looks leagues better. Although I haven't seen it yet. Obviously it comes out Memorial day weekend and I'm sure we'll be reporting back to you our reviews of it when it does premiere, because I know you'll be watching this on its uh, release date weekend, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> me too. Some Schwarzenegger. Yeah. I'm definitely watching this. I'm just happy we're getting product from these guys because um, I, there's no reason they shouldn't be on television or or still working in some medium they still have a lot of gifts to give in terms of performance and different things that haven't been exploited yet particularly schwarzenegger uh, who hasn't been used right in many many years many years i mean the last movie he did that i thought I was entertaining was the what last his stand. maid says oh wow i think she used him pretty right ah <laughs> uh, well she got a, a payout every month now for the rest of her life well you've seen it right she looks like she uses them right <laughs> she looks like she uses steroids. <laughs> She's got, yeah. She she you know she uses them and puts them up wet. Let's say that you know. Eesh. All right, well that's gonna wrap up episode three hundred and fifty three hundred eighty five. My goodness, I'm uh, forgetting episodes. So that's gonna wrap up episode three hundred and eighty five. We want to thank you guys for joining us on another exciting episode of the Movie Mavericks podcast. Speaking for Trevor Anderson, I am Jason Rugard, and we are the Movie Mavericks. Oh my, another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to moviemavericks.com, warp 9. Engage! <laughs>